You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha and welcome, Reality Ohana. Thank you so much for joining us here, either on Facebook or YouTube. Hey, in the comment section on the side or on the bottom, wherever it is, uh, go ahead and say hi and welcome and maybe say who's watching just so it feels a little bit more like we're together. Um, but I also want to say uh, happy you know, Memorial Day weekend. And I just want to you know, pause for a moment and acknowledge and remember why we celebrate tomorrow and to just... Um, just be mindful of all those that have given their life in sacrifice for our freedoms in this country. And uh, I just want to say how grateful we are to the families that have lost those um, that way. But before we get into the Word of God this morning, uh, obviously I want to give you some announcements because a lot has happened locally and nationally in the news concerning churches and opening and the ability to gather in person once again. And uh, so I want to give you some uh, announcements for that. Uh, If you are a part of our newsletter or a part of social media in any way on Friday, you would have seen kind of a video announcement kind of addressing a few things, but uh, here's kind of where we're at and what we want you to know. Uh, First off is like we're excited. We're excited for looking forward uh, to the ability to gather together in person to worship, to see each other's faces and just be in one place once again. Um, That said, we also, uh, everyone that I know, was kind of taken off guard at how quick everything came about just in the light of things opening. Uh, So many of us thought it was just going to be more gradual and kind of limiting uh, the number of people and how and everything like that. But so we're just kind of taking it all in and not rushing in haste to meet again. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is that even though we can meet, we just want to make sure that we're safe and wise and led by the Holy Spirit. And there's so many different factors. And obviously, each of us are in different places on our comfort level going back to kind of a large gathering, even with kind of safety precautions at hand. And so we're excited but it was all of a sudden. Um, But also another factor for our church, as you know, normally, if we're not doing this, we meet at Aliolani Elementary School, part of the, you know, Department of Education school system. It's a public school owned by the state. And throughout this COVID uh, season, we got an email that till further notice, all use of facilities permits letting outside organizations meet in schools were suspended or canceled, understandably. Uh, so we don't know when that'll change. Uh, obviously, we could hear real soon that, yes, you can, but it feels like it might be a while for that to happen because schools aren't even using it themselves. Um, that's, again, just a guess. So we're actually kind of in search of another Sunday morning location to kind of call home in the meantime, or maybe longer. I I don't really know, as we all don't know how this whole thing goes. Um, That said, uh, you can be praying for that, that God provides a space, and we've already kind of reached out in anticipation that this might have been a possibility uh, to a few different places, and so we're actively looking 
kind of in or around where we usually meet to see if there's a space that would allow us to meet. And when that happens, or when we get a home and, and you know finally figure this out, uh, it's going to look different. And I hope that you you know prepare yourself for that. Um, we can meet, but there's obviously uh, a lot of safety protocols and procedures that we need to take in order to meet. That's social distancing, sanitizing everything, face masks, like the whole nine yards um, in a lot of ways in order to meet. We can meet, but we have to have a lot of things in place. Um, that said, we absolutely love our church, but we also have quite a challenge with how many kids we have at our church. Uh, our church is, you know, a lot of young families, as you know, you see them in every video here, um, but it's a challenge, right, to keep adults social distancing, let alone um, toddlers and babies and a hundred of them uh, in one time in one space. So, and, and that would lead to, you know, we're not going to be able to do kids church for a while. And so it's going to have to be a family gathering, but that's going to take a bit of work and a space large enough to do that. Because for us, um, we just don't want to separate families. We don't want to say like some people can come to church or some people can't. <coughs> As of right now, like we're a family, we're all in or we're all not. Um, and again, that's up to you if like you want to join us, like I'm sure this digital thing, even if we meet in person, will be going on for maybe ever, right? You can check us out online if you can't be there or if you don't feel comfortable to join us. But again, we don't really know how this all will look. Um, there's many updates to come. In my video on Friday, we threw around the idea of possibly going to maybe a home church model uh, in smaller gatherings safely watching this sermon and worship the same way, but maybe in a smaller groups all around the island um, because we don't have a home and maybe that's a little bit easier to social distance, maybe not. That's all stuff we're praying about and thinking about. So church, we're online still uh, and it's totally worked and God's totally met us. We will give you updates this coming week for sure and in the weeks to come and we will gather in person. The when, the how, the where, it's all up to the Lord, but he's in control, excited for what he's going to do. Uh, that said, in some shape and form, it does look like soon we will safely be able to move towards meeting in person. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the word of God this morning. And uh, we do this because not only is it absolutely important to us that it's God's word and he's going to speak to us, but also it's a way that's bringing us stability in this season of unknowns that we can anchor ourselves upon the word of God and its truths. And so why don't you open with me to Acts chapter 5 verses 12 through 16 this morning. Uh, I'd love for you to follow along if you have a Bible or a Bible app. Uh, and read with me Acts 5, 12 through 16 in the NIV version. It says this, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. 
crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Okay, so we jump in again to this historic narrative of the early church here in the book of Acts. And what's been happening so far, if you've been with us and you remember, is that right? the Holy Spirit's fallen upon the church. The church is formed. The followers of Jesus are kind of going for it. And they are living boldly and preaching. And uh, there's, there's signs and wonders happening. Miraculous healings are happening. And we also see this beautiful picture of the church, the people of God radically and sacrificially giving to each other to meet each other's needs. They're living in one mind and one accord, striving for unity. And we, what we see here in the, uh, the fifth chapter of Acts and here today is exactly this type of thing happening. And in our section this morning, Acts 5, 12 through 16, where this is taking place is, is a area called Solomon's Colonnade. And in Acts 3, we see this is the same place where Peter preached that famous sermon after Pentecost from the upper room to the crowds and 3,000 people came to know the Lord and believed. Uh, this is where they've been gathering, and this is where uh, a large portion of their large gatherings have been happening, and God is radically moving there. But the tone and the tenor of kind of the, 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 the mood of the scenes that we've been reading about in Acts, this whole situation, the last few chapters today, and even in the chapters to come, we'll see that the gospel is disrupting. It's disrupting people's ideologies and religious beliefs and the, the proclaiming, the preaching of the good news of Jesus Christ is, is disrupting kind of the whole fabric of society and the city and, and, and of Israel at the time. And there's a few different reactions. Some are in awe and kind of just in wonderment and in almost a fear and they just don't know what to do with it. So they kind of just stand back. Uh, some believe, they give their life to the Lord, and they, they believe it, and they jump in, and they're a part of the family of God. And then obviously some, which we'll see even in this uh, next few chapters, some radical, gnarly persecution happens against the people of God for uh, preaching about Jesus. Uh, and even though all these things are happening, even though... They're being persecuted, they're being arrested and jailed and, and beaten for their faith. There's a large number that are drawn to know and see more of who this Jesus is and what his followers are all about. Uh, in our text today, people are so drawn, they, they, they come from, from near and far to experience the power and the presence of God here in Solomon's colonnade. Um, these crowds, the multitudes, it says that they brought all their sick and even the demon possessed. And again, it, it's in no, in, in, I, I don't doubt that they had heard, right? They had just heard about the temple leper that just, I mean, not leper, uh, the temple crippled man that just got healed. 
in the end of Acts chapter 3, in the beginning of Acts chapter 4, Peter and John miraculously healed this man. He, for 40 years, was crippled, and now he is running around the temple courts proclaiming it was God that healed him. This word had gotten out. Word was spreading what was happening. And also not long ago, Jesus of Nazareth, their rabbi that had just died and now miraculously rose from the dead. His same ministry for three years consisted of these things. These type of things happening where sick were healed and and, um, demon-possessed people were being freed. And so the, the crowds and the multitudes hearing these stories brought their family members in anticipation of being healed and set free. And it goes even into more detail that these people like laid down their beds and mats and they were so wanting to experience God and his healing ability that they were trying even close enough to get close enough to Peter so his shadow would come by. And, and when his shadow passed over him, if they were close enough that God would actually heal them. I know this is like, That's super strange and maybe superstitious uh, that they would even think that the shadow of Peter had any power to heal them. But it's very similar to a story that maybe a lot of us know in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 verses 43 through 48 with this woman that needed healing for a long time. And she wanted to get close to Jesus and she had the faith uh, enough that as long as she got close enough just to even touch the hem of his cloak, the tip of his jacket, a piece of his clothing, that even if she got close enough to the, to the person of Jesus, that the power of God would heal her. And she, 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 she trusted, she had faith that because God was so powerful and wonderful that even getting close to him, he would help her. And that's just what he did in Luke 8 that even just by touching the robe of his cloak, this woman was healed. And so this is kind of the same idea that's happening here. These people uh, are coming and they just want uh, even the shadow of Peter to cast over him. And just a fun Bible fact here, this this Greek word or phrase here that, that Luke writes about in Acts, where Peter's shadow is falling or, or Peter's shadow is overshadowing these people, This phrase is actually used twice before in the Gospel of Luke, also written by Luke. And this exact same phrase speaks in reference to the presence of God falling upon the earth. And no doubt that there is, there's no doubt that there's coincidence here. It wasn't Peter's personal presence that they were wanting, but it was God's very presence through Peter that they came for to be healed. In the same way that that woman came to Jesus and just wanted to be near to him, these people have come with the sick and the weary and the broken and the hurting just to be close to God in hopes that they would be healed. And miraculously, everyone's healed and they're set free. And what's happening here is that God's power is shown through his church. And many signs and wonders are performed. And what this does or what it is doing is that these deeds are actually authenticating their message. 
who Jesus was and who he is, that he's the son of God and he rose from the dead and the same spirit that dwells in him dwells in us. We have the, the person of God in us and the kingdom of God is at hand and it's here and it's now. These words and deeds and the message here is the kingdom of God is coming. And just as Jesus preached, the kingdom of God is at hand. And how we see that specifically here, how we see the kingdom of heaven coming to earth here in Acts 5 is the continuation of really the acts of Jesus through these spirit-filled and spirit-empowered men and women of God. To take you far back to the month of January of this year, I know it feels like a decade ago, we dug into an intro into the book of Acts, what the book's, book of Acts was about, and the definition that we gave the whole book, even though often it's quoted as the Acts of the apostles, what we kind of said was a maybe more fuller or more correct understanding is that the book of Acts is the continuation of the acts of Jesus here on earth through the church. Let me say that again. The book of Acts is the continuation of the acts of Jesus here on earth through his church. The church in Acts is doing exactly what Jesus did, right? In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25, Matthew gives us a summary of the earthly ministry of Jesus, those last three years up until his death that the Gospel accounts detail. Matthew 4, 23 through 25 summarizes uh, the type of practices and things that Jesus did here on earth. It says this, throughout, uh, excuse me, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. This is exactly what we're getting a window into here in the early church in Acts chapter 5. Right? These bold, compassionate, spirit-filled people are being used by God to see other people healed, set free, made whole. People are encountering, encountering the living God and it's a part of a glimpse of heaven on earth. And again, all of this is happening. All these signs and wonders and healings and, and freedom that's coming to these people in a very miraculous, supernatural way, all of it's happening as a remarkable demonstration of the power of God to free and heal human beings. And what I'm reminded of is not only when I, when I see Acts chapter 5, 
what I'm not only reminded of is the ministry of Jesus, but I'm also reminded of that this is actually an answer to the very prayer that Jesus told these very disciples to pray. So if you remember in Acts chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount, on the Mount of Beatitudes, overlooking Galilee, northern Israel, he gathered the crowds and his disciples, and he said in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, this then is how you should pray. And Jesus gives the, the Lord's Prayer a model prayer in how the church, the people of God, should pray. And it's this. Our Father in heaven, you know it, hallowed be your name. Your what? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. So we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 10, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. The very prayer that Jesus told them to pray on the shore of Galilee on the Mount of Beatitudes is happening here in the church in Jerusalem. Guys, the power, beauty, healing, wholeness, mercy, compassion, and love of God is being manifest to the most needy, hurting, and vulnerable of society. Right, Those that are physically, mentally, and spiritually sick are being healed and set free. They're made well again and they're made whole again. What we're seeing here is heaven coming to earth. And again, when, when we read this story, not only are we to, to think of it as an awesome one, and this is incredible, and look what God did through His people, I can't believe it, but Jesus' prayer and the ministry of the church that we're seeing here is to be continued with us also. Again, the apostolic ministry that we see here in the book of Acts may have been unique in certain ways, like the Peter, Peter shadow thing. But that doesn't change the fact that God still performs miracles in our lives and in the lives of others to display his love and power and glory. Miracles do happen. I understand, though, when you talk about miracles and signs and wonders and healings, that there can be an aversion for some of us to that, uh, right? Because people have abused it or people seek signs and wonders and they forget about who God is and what the purpose of everything is. And scripture even warns us that there may be false signs and wonders from the enemy, but nonetheless... That doesn't mean that we depart or toss away the fact that God desires his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. He desires right, that all of creation would be redeemed and renewed and restored. Like God desires to see renewal in the land and in his people. And part of that is seeing people freed and restored and healed. And again, when it comes to physical healing, we believe that God always heals, but it's just a matter of timing. Let me say that again. God always heals, but it's a matter of timing in how and when he answers our 
Prayer is for healing. This is what I mean. When we pray for someone to be healed, like, like what's happening here in Acts and like many of us have, God always answers those prayers to heal someone with a yes now or a yes later. See, God does heal now. He's the great physician. He's creator God and he made our bodies and he can fix it in an instant. He's that good. He can use medicine and he can use miracles to do it, but God heals bodies. We believe that's for today. But also, sometimes when we heal in God's sovereignty, he, always, he doesn't always choose to do it now. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't answer our prayers, but he chooses later on in eternity when we receive that glorified body that we're fully made whole and restored and back to perfect created order. See, in heaven, in Revelation, we get this picture that there's no tears, there's no sickness, there's no death. There's no pain. But again, even though sometimes God heals now, sometimes God heals later, that doesn't negate the fact that we, like the early church, shouldn't pray and be filled with the faith to ask God like really big things. Like Acts chapter 5, like everybody in the world is healed of everything. Right? Even though sometimes in our own life we don't see it happening, that doesn't negate the fact that we still got to pray this way. God, heaven, come now. Your kingdom come now on earth as it's supposed to be in heaven. Guys, I want to encourage us to take like crazy problems before God in prayer. That could be a loved one's healing. That could be a systematic problem we have in society. We've got a lot of them. That could be a friend that's far off from God. For us, that could be like, God, give us a building. We need a home right now, right? That's a big, crazy thing, but God can do it. But again, the tone and tenor of our life and our prayer should be this. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And for us, it should be, God, let your kingdom come here in Hawaii as it is in heaven, in our community, with our family, in the place that we call home. Church, what we need to do now as we navigate regathering in the midst of all what we have to do and what we're going to do, God, let your kingdom come and your will be done at reality Honolulu as it is in heaven. When that may be, where that may be, it's going to be different. God, let your kingdom come in the midst of it, though. We want heaven on earth in our midst. Church, my prayer is in the midst of so much going on. And so much going on to turn off those phones, to stop and pause, to give time to prayer. And that we would be filled with bold faith to ask God big things and to expect Him to answer in big ways. Church, let's pray that heaven meets earth in the midst of this season for our families, for our church, and for our community. Amen? Amen. We are going to enter into a time of worship. We're going to have some words and uh, a few things after worship, so please, this isn't the end. This is 
a transition time into a response time. And part of the way we respond to how God spoke to us is we worship. In, in worship, we also are going to take communion. Every Sunday as we take communion, we do it in remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross on our behalf. If we were at a Leolani right now, there would be a cup of juice and there'd be a bowl of wonderful bread that we'd go up and we'd dip that bread in that juice as we saw fit during these few songs. In your home, you're going to have to do it yourself, obviously. And so if you have anything like juice or wine or bread or a cracker, go ahead and grab that. And any time through this time of worship, when it feels right, when you have a moment just to step away and remember, go ahead and take the juice and take the bread. Drink it and eat it. And Jesus said, as he instituted communion to his church and his people, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Church, I'm going to pray for us now. We're going to enter into worship And so let's fix our eyes upon Jesus. Let's praise him for who he is and what he's done and stick around for the end of service. Father God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the ability to stay connected and get your word and worship despite being physically distant still. But God, if there's anything we want to pray, we want to pray that we'd be a people of great faith Believing, trusting, asking, and seeking that heaven would come on earth, that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. God, we give you this time. We give you this next season in our church. We ask that you'd have your way. You're the good shepherd. Lead us, your sheep, into exactly uh, the timing and the space and the place and the how of how you want us to regather. We trust you. We're not worried at all. Um, you're so much bigger, and this is such a small problem for you. We love you, Lord. We pray you'd be exalted in our homes now as we worship. In Jesus' name, amen.